So we are going to begin uh, studying together in Matthew's Gospel um, through the Sermon on the Mount. And that's chapters 5 through 7. And so today we're going to look at the, the end of chapter 4 as kind of the introduction as Jesus begins his ministry, begins his preaching and teaching and healing. Um, so those of us that um, have been around church for a while, we're at least somewhat familiar with the first couple chapters of most of the Gospels because it's a story about Jesus' birth and we go through them at Christmas time, Christmas season. Um, and so in the first couple chapters, we have the announcement of Jesus' birth, um, the wise men coming to visit him, um, Jesus then fleeing um, with his parents to Egypt, returning. Um, and then in chapter 3, we have John the Baptist coming on the scene. Um, he baptizes Jesus. And then once Jesus is baptized, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness where he is tempted. And so that is what has transpired in Matthew's story so far as we come to Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Um, and so this is the point where um, Jesus finished his temptation. And now, starting verse 12, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. So at this point in the story, this is what Matthew talks about. Uh, John the Baptist's uh, ministry has been halted. Uh, Herod has imprisoned him. He has been out uh, preaching, if you look over at the beginning of chapter 3, that he says, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near, in 3 verse 2. And he's crying out in the wilderness, and he's telling people, hey, you need to repent, you need to get right with God, because the kingdom of heaven has come near, the king is coming. And also, he isn't afraid to say, hey, here's some specific things that people are doing wrong. One of those people was Herod. And so Herod doesn't, doesn't much like that, and John has been arrested. And so at this point, Jesus realizes it's, it's time. The, the path has been prepared by John, and now he's going to begin his ministry. So he withdraws into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now Jesus began to go 
all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics. And he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So this is our passage for today. This is where, as we look at Matthew's story, Jesus begins his public ministry. And it begins by him going out to the area in Capernaum, the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And so Matthew says, this is so it will fulfill what is spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And this is something that Matthew has been uh, pointing out throughout his gospel so far, that the different aspects of Jesus's life are pointed back and say, this is so it would fulfill what uh, was spoken through Isaiah, what was spoken through Jeremiah, what was spoken by the prophet, what was written by the prophet. If you just look over there on um, the page ne- next to it through chapter 2 and, and chapter 3, right, right above all of those uh, bolded sections or um, however they're differ- differentiated in uh, the version that you're reading there, um, all of them are pointing out Jesus is fulfilling what our scripture was talking about. And so this is, this is something that, that Matthew um, really hones in on. And it's something that, that Jesus will talk about as we get in um, to the first couple sections of the Sermon on the Mount. That Jesus will say that I came not to abolish what was given to us in the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill it. And so Matthew is pointing us to that. He says this, Jesus is coming and his ministry beginning in this area was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And so these verses, the people who live in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. These are from Isaiah chapter 9. And so at the, at the end of, of uh, middle end of Isaiah chapter 8, um, God is talking through Isaiah and he's asking the people of Israel, why are you looking all these other places for answers? Why are you going to these, um, these seers and these prophets that aren't connected to me? Why are you going around looking for all these answers and believing in all these kind of conspiracies when you've always had me? And he says, it's like you're, you're walking and you're stumbling in the dark. You're lost in the darkness. And then we get to those verses in Isaiah 9, right, that we, that we are maybe more uh, familiar with um, because they, they talk of, of who Jesus um, will, will be. But at the, at the beginning of those verses, in verse 2 of, of Isaiah chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. It's tied into the end of chapter 8, where it says, where God says of the people, um, 
in verse 20, go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. They will wander through the land dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward, they will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction. They will be driven into thick darkness. And so that's where this this passage, this promise, this hope comes in. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. In the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan, and to Galilee of the nations. And Matthew is saying, see, when Jesus goes to this area to begin his ministry, that is the fulfillment of this prophecy. That should draw our attention to Jesus really is the one who is the answer for this darkness and this gloom, this cursedness, this affliction that we find ourselves in. Whatever that looks like, right? Because we know in darkness, like we don't see things as they're supposed to be. Maybe, maybe you are people who like to have the lights on your house. Maybe you're somebody like me who will just be reading and not realize there's not enough light. And my mom always told me, here, let me turn this light on for you. And now Rachel tells me, here, let me turn this light on for you because you can't see, right? It's true. Um, we, we get accustomed to the dark and we, we think we can function properly. And maybe, maybe we're... We're uh, getting up at night in our own house and we know where all the furniture is supposed to be. We know where everything should have been put away, right? And you're walking to the bathroom or you're walking to the kitchen to get a drink and somebody left a book out, somebody left a toy out, somebody moved a stool and you're like, yeah, it's going to be fine. I know if I walk five steps this way, six steps this way, I'm going to get there. And then wham, you hit something. It's not... It's not what it's supposed to be. Or you're, you're, out, you're out at night in a, in a new area that you're not familiar with, and, and everything seems, okay, I don't know, this seems really uncomfortable, but maybe I'm scared. Like, I know, like a couple months ago, we were walking in a new area in Prospect Park, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, it, it was sunset, and we didn't realize it. And so we were in the back area of the woods where people don't walk as often, Rachel was like, where are we? This is a little bit scary, right? Because the, it was dark. We couldn't see the paths. They don't have the lights on the, on the paths in the woods back there. And you're wondering, like, how are we going to get out of here? What's going on, right? And then we walk through there, um, you know, a, a month or two later in uh, the middle of the day. And we're like, oh, this is where we were. Oh, there's that thing that we thought was like this big hill. There's this area that we, we thought was like something else and it was just a tree or whatever it was right and when the light comes we can see things for what they really are we see how things are supposed to be we see the truth of what is behind all of the shadows and so that is the light that jesus is bringing into this area and it's the light that matthew is encouraging all of us to see is available to us, that just as these people have seen a light, as Jesus was a light to them, as Matthew 
puts this down, we have the opportunity to see that the light has come. And so, because the light has come, Jesus begins to preach. And he preaches the same words that John has preached at the beginning of chapter 3. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Right? Because the light comes and it shows us what's true about our world, about ourselves, about our hearts. And it gives us the opportunity to say, man, when I was in darkness, I thought this made sense. When I was in darkness and I looked at the world, man, it seemed like this is how it should work. When I was in darkness, I thought this is how I should treat those around me. Whatever whatever those things may be, right? And now the light has come. And I see that things could be different. And so Jesus invites the people of his day, and through Matthew, he invites us. When we, when we see that light, right, and maybe you've been outside for a while at night, and, and somebody, like, turns on a flashlight or pops on the light at home when you're, like, about to go to sleep, and you're like, right? It can be blinding at first. You don't, you like, please, turn it back off. Right? It can be uncomfortable. We've all, we've all been like, why are, you, why are you shining this in my eyes? Right? But Jesus says, when that happens, it's the opportunity for us to repent and live and walk in the light. This is something that right, we, we hear from the, the New Testament writers that we're supposed to walk in the light and not in the darkness. It's the same thing that we've been Seeing and, and learning alongside the kids with Psalm 1, the righteous and the wicked. We can repent and walk in the light. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is near and that's why you should repent. This light has come and it's spreading out. You have the opportunity to not wallow around and crawl around and stumble around in the darkness. And all you've got to do is say, man, the light has shown me what the truth of my situation is. I'm going to repent and turn and no longer live in the darkness, but walk in the light. In, in that sense, preaching the kingdom is very simple. And so... Matthew likes to describe the kingdom as the kingdom of heaven. And depending on uh, your familiarity or what uh, church or faith background you grew up with, do do you think of heaven as somewhere close? Is it close or is it far away? Is heaven like somewhere else that we can't imagine? Is, is heaven the kingdom of heaven? Is it possible that it's near? In, in what Jesus is presenting, he's giving them the opportunity to say that I am 
not just telling you the kingdom of heaven has come here, but the king of heaven is near. And there's an opportunity, if you would accept me, which we know that the people as a whole do not, right? And that's why he is crucified. But there's the opportunity that the king is coming to bring his kingdom. And it's not that he's taking the people of his kingdom to another place. Right? We, we sang in, uh, in the hymn this morning, the trump will resound and the Lord will descend. Right? If you, if you go to Revelation, the new Jerusalem comes from heaven and it comes to earth. Right? If, if, you, if you think back to the garden, God was with people on earth. And he said, hey, you can live with me forever. You just have to let me be king. And they said, you know what? We want to make our own choices. And he's like, okay. And, and the, the people of Israel, God, God brought them out of slavery and he was with them, right? Heaven was present in, in the fire, in the cloud. It was present in the tabernacle, in the temple. And eventually... Right? They, they came to the land and they looked all around. They're like, everybody else has a king that we can see. We want, we want a, a human king just like all these other people. And eventually, because God allowed them to have that, right? We see in, we see in Ezekiel that his presence, he, said, he says, you know what? I, I got to leave because you guys obviously don't want me as king right now. And I'm going to let you have that. You've made that choice. Right. And so Jesus coming, this is the the prophecy. The king is returning. The king is calling his people to say, I still want to be your king. I've never not. That's never not been the plan. That's always going to be how things end up. And I'm inviting you into my kingdom. And the, the kingdom is going to do something here in your actual life here on earth. I, I don't, it doesn't say exactly how that works out here. There's not like a formula. But as, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, and, and Jesus is going to use um, in, in Matthew's gospel the phrase, the, the kingdom of heaven. And we, we talked about this in, in the parables last week. That the kingdom of heaven is, is God's presence. And his presence isn't only in us, in our hearts, as we accept Jesus as Lord. He is the Lord of the universe. He is Lord of creation. He is not just present in heaven in some reality that doesn't have any effect on this earth. Right there, we, we, we see like in Ephesians in chapter 6, that there is spiritual warfare going on. And we know that that actually affects real people, real lives. And, and we see this, right, when, in, in these verses where verse 24, when, when the word spreads around about him, they bring those who are afflicted, suffering from diseases, pains, the demon possessed, right? The spiritual, it was already here. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven, the, the true, the good, the, the beautiful of Heaven and earth coming together, it's near. And the opportunity is there if you repent to be a part of it. 
And so that's the first thing, the first question that Matthew puts to us as we read these words. The light has come. Will we repent? The kingdom of heaven is near. Will we repent? Jesus says repent. So the question is, what are we to do when we hear Jesus say those words? The next question is, is the one that we see him put to the first disciples. That he walks along the Sea of Galilee and he calls Simon and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And now, right, we tell people that aren't fishermen, follow Jesus and we'll make you fishers of men. We don't tell them like, you know, hey, follow Jesus and I'll make you, you know, design software that gets people into heaven. You know, whatever, whatever those things are, right? Um, and, and sometimes you're like, man, this sounds kind of cheesy, but I think, it, I think it worked because these were actual fishermen, right? Um, Jesus is, is he's, he's telling them simply, follow me. And he, and he doesn't, doesn't, Matthew doesn't even bother with having Jesus speak in the second uh, paragraph there. He sees the two other brothers, um, and he called them. He gives them the same thing, follow me. And, and we see in both instances, verse 20, Peter and Andrew, immediately they left their nets and followed him. And then verse 22 about James and John, immediately they left the boat, their father, and followed him. So we see from his disciples that their response is what the the ideal response is for all of those who hear the call of Jesus, who hear the presentation of the kingdom, respond, and so you repent and then you follow. And, and we know from the Gospels, right, that, okay, man, we're, maybe, maybe we see, man, they followed immediately and we're like, well, I don't know if I can get there. That seems like they just ditched their nets and they ditched their boat, and they ditched their father. But we, we know, right? We, we, read, we read through, through the Gospels and, and even into Acts, and we see that all along the way. Like, there were days where Peter got it right, Peter got it wrong. There were days where John and James got it right, and where they got it wrong. And, and Jesus said, hey, you're, you don't have to do anything different than, than what I called you in these first times, right? You have, you have the attitude of repentance, of saying, I'm going to walk in the light, right? That's what John says in, in 1 John chapter 1. If we walk in the light, as he is the light, that's where we're going to be fine. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Of course we can repent because the light shows us what is false and ugly and broken and all the darkness in us. And Jesus says, I, I want to be there. I'm going to enter in that and it's going to be okay. And then because of that, we can continue to follow him. Even if tomorrow or whenever it seems like, man, it's really hard. Man, it it doesn't feel like I can immediately do this. And Jesus says, that's still the call. And, And it's not even, I'm always inviting. I'm always inviting. And so... 
we, we ask ourselves, first, will we repent? Second, will we follow? And then we see, as we touched on a little bit here, in these last uh, couple of verses, verses 23 and following, Jesus is teaching and he's preaching and he's healing every disease and sickness. And so, of course, the news is spreading. It goes all the way into Syria. Like we, we sometimes can think of um, Matthew like, oh, yeah, he's doing all this like and Jesus fulfilled the law and all this. So it's very Jewish. And like we haven't even got to the Sermon on the Mount yet. And there's people coming from Syria to get healed by Jesus. There's people coming from across the Jordan, right? We get to the end of Matthew, and Jesus sends his disciples out, right? And he says, you're going to be my witnesses in all these places. Like, people have already been coming from a lot of those places here at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And, and we see these are the people that are regular people just like us that are suffering from diseases, pains, demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics. He healed them. Large crowds are coming from all over. Right? If, if you're drawing the crowds of the people that are hurting and broken, that have these diseases, um, that especially in this time, there's not the medical options that we have, Right? We know, even, even those of us that live in a place like the United States with medical options, right? you get sick, and maybe, maybe the doctors can heal you, but you're like poor and broken forever because of your medical debt. Like These are the type of people that are flocking to Jesus. The people that, like, they knew they were in darkness, right? They recognized, like, like the way things are, yeah, this is darkness, And so when they see the light, how can they not repent? How can they not want to follow? How can they not be interested to hear, wow, this guy says that the kingdom of God is near. And and it's happening like people are being healed and he's teaching things that we haven't heard. And and this is incredible. and, And the news is spreading. And so we see even in these verses, right, that the, the prophecy that was fulfilled through Isaiah, that it's going out to not just Jews, but Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles is what Isaiah talked about. So even at this point, Matthew is showing us that Jesus' call to repent, Jesus' invitation to follow, there's no special thing you have to do to be a part of that. There's no special qualifications you have to have to be accepted into the kingdom. There's nothing you have to do for Jesus to say, that person is worthy of this invitation to repent and follow. There's nothing that you can do that will make Jesus say, well, man, I need, to, I need to change where I'm going. I need to do ministry over there because there are some people there that are just really, they're worthy. That's not what this is, right? 
Jesus is saying, you know, I'm going to be a rabbi, and normally these people are like, they're training in the synagogue, and then eventually they get apprentice. And Jesus is like, you know what, I found some great fishermen. Right? I'm going to call them out of this completely different vocation. I'm going to call them out of something that, you know, a regular rabbi, would, their friends would be like, dude, like, there's plenty of, you know, good scribes and people down in the synagogue area. Why don't you get some people that are like, really uh, trained theologically and, and know everything inside and out. And Jesus says, no. The call to repent, the call to follow, it's open for everybody. The, the nearness of the kingdom, the ability for the light to come in and change your darkness, that is available for all of us. And so first we put those questions to ourselves. We, we look for what the light is showing around us, inside us, and say, man, I see this, and do I want to repent? As we go through the sermon, there's going to be some, some, some sections that will um, be hard to... To hear for all of us, because Jesus really wants us to walk and live and follow him in the light. And when we've been doing things in the darkness, however those habits have formed, however those things from outside of us have affected us, those struggles and persecutions and trials and those things that we bring to Jesus and say, I'm broken, and all, all of those things. And then... As he invites us to say, this is what it looks like to follow me, we ask ourselves, will we follow? Will I follow? Will I continue to listen? Do I really believe when we, when we go through this, this teaching and these coming weeks, that Jesus is who he says he is? Right? Because... If I don't, if I don't, if I'm not captured by the beauty of who Jesus is, the wonder that his love and his light would be so available, so at the doorstep for me, if, if I don't believe that he is truly wise and good and ultimately that he really is the king, then I'm not going to be in the right position to listen and trust. And so those are the questions that I would encourage us all to ask ourselves as we read through this, to to see that the kingdom of heaven, the opportunity to repent and trust and follow and, and seek to do that each day is available to everyone. And also, because of that, how, how should that cause us to interact with one another? If the, if the opportunity is there for me to repent and follow, if the opportunity is there for me to, to hear that the kingdom of heaven 
is available to live and to walk in, how can that affect my posture toward everyone in this room? How can it affect my posture toward, toward those who are um, more or less depending on the, the challenges of life a part of this community? To say, man, the kingdom of heaven is available. The light is here. And it might seem scary, but Jesus is so good. And he's not here with an invitation to judgment. He's here with an invitation. He's come near, right? He's the one who has, who has come. He's the one who has brought his invitation. We don't have to... We don't have to go to him. He has come to us. And so as we have opportunity, that's how we should be with one another. To go and extend the grace of Jesus. To go and extend the love of God. To say, the light is here. The light has dawned. The kingdom has come near. There's an opportunity to follow the one who is truly worth following. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are not far away. God, there are so many distractions. There are so many different ways that people in our society and around us think about the world and how it works that cause us to wonder sometimes how close you really are. God, help us to trust that you are near. That your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven... is something for us here on earth. God, help us to desire and seek you. God, help us in all the ways that as we see the light shine in our own lives, in our own hearts, God, that we would that we would be people that could have a posture of repentance. God, that we would not be scared of what it might do to be open and live in the light. But God, that we would sense your love, your grace. God, in that And that we could figure out how to extend that to one another. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And so we pray that as we seek to repent and walk and follow, that you would drill that into our hearts. 
that when we are yours, no darkness and death and sickness and evil can separate us from you. And you have come near. And so we ask you to be present with us this week. We ask you that as we, as we study and, and learn and question and wrestle together, that you would help us all to encourage one another to be people that repent, people that seek to follow, and people that seek to share that you are near, that you are good, that you are here. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that the light has dawned to all of us, wherever we are, whatever situation. God, for, for those areas of our lives, those people here today even that may feel that they are, are far from you, God, please help us to see that you come near to us. And that there is nothing that we need to do other than respond. We pray in the name of Jesus, who is the King, who is so good. Amen.